0: Let's uh, sit quietly, just to reconnect and settle. So just notice what you bring with you from the break. Body awareness, or body is breathing, and then gently sliding into the belly with the out breath softening. the sensations in your belly to the foreground. Not the mental image, not the name, but the the sensations felt sense of the in and out breath in your belly. Thoughts continue to arise. You let them come, let them be, let them go. And when you s- find yourself entangled, so one destruction became a cross destruction, you notice that. And without hurry, gently, loving, you return to the breath. As if you're balancing a tray of glasses through a room. Engaged with the breath, I'm breathing. I'm alive. While everything is allowed, everything is okay. See if you can let go of the impression that you are sitting up in your head, looking down. So you drop into your belly. Going deeper than the mental image of your body. With the breath without the mind shrinking, without becoming tense. If that is happening, with the out breath, you let go, you <laughs> relax. Sometimes you need to go back to your intention, I want to stay engaged with the breath, I want to be in the present moment, everything else I let come, let it be, let it go. And if I'm able to stay engaged with the breath without it slipping into the background completely, then I have reached the stage 3. Notice the nurturing quality of the breath. There's something very beautiful, something magical in the breath. Rest with the breath. don't observe the breath from above, but with the next in-breath slide into the belly. And if you get hooked by something else you gently return with a sense of accomplishment. Notice that peripheral peripheral awareness does its job. Things can come, be and go. With the out-breath softening, relaxing, shoulders, face, belly, Notice that the breath is happening by itself. It's not something you need to do. At the end of the in-breath, no, at the end of the out-breath, you just keep your attention there waiting for the in-breath to happen (coughs) like a cat sitting in front of a mouse hole waiting for the mouse to appear completely relaxed but very attentive. And then you expand your awareness again into the whole body, from the toes to the top of your head. And then when you open your eyes, you will stay a bit connected Last thing, last thing I want to say about the third stage is regarding physical discomfort. <laughs> what usually happens uh, in this uh, third stage is that we become more aware of physical discomfort. That's when people then start in the retreats to shift with their, uh, do this, do that, uh, do exercises whenever possible, trying to stretch, trying to get a massage, like trying to manage the discomfort. Uh, so that's the wrong strategy. I mean it's, it's also good to do your stretches and your, um, um, your exercises uh, to support your meditation practice uh, but the goal can't be <coughs> to be free of physical discomfort. It's not going to happen. So the, 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 the goal is kind of counter-instinctual, and that is making peace with physical discomfort, being with dis- physical discomfort, loving physical discomfort, being curious about physical discomfort. Completely different attitude. Why would you do that? Um, First, the other strategy does not work. You can do yoga forever. Uh, There will be physical discomfort and you will age. It will get worse. So the physical discomfort in our life will grow. Uh, so it's better to have a loving uh, equanimity towards physical discomfort now, when we are a bit flexible, still a bit young, and, uh, and we can work uh, with the physical discomfort we experience now. Um, of course, what we don't want to do is if there is a real physical reason for the physical discomfort that you kind of push through. You know, there's people who harm themselves uh, because they, they, they can endure physical discomfort and, uh, and they, they damage uh, knees or backs. Yeah? So of course we don't want, uh, w- want to do that. So what is the indication that the physical discomfort you experience is actually more a psychological phenomenon and that is if you get up and after like 2-3 minutes of walking the physical discomfort is gone then it's not a, a physical damage which is causing the physical discomfort yeah? so if you get up from your meditation, and you limp for two hours, then you need to pay attention to that. (laughs) It happens. I mean, you know, you can't imagine what I saw with people. There was even someone who broke his leg (laughs) in meditation. I mean, boys. Boys, they can be incredible in this kind of practices, (laughs) I mean, that's... uh, I I don't necessarily mean man, but like this kind of boy quality, yeah? Heart is good, kind of. (laughs) Uh, So, but, almost all other discomfort can be so wonderful worked with uh, through this method of putting it onto the tray, breathing into it, looking into its changing nature, uh, giving space to it, uh, helping the discomfort to move through, um, to release uh, discomfort, uh, to heal and balance the body. So that's you can be you can become uh, relatively uh, fluid and flexible and open in your body by just sitting and observing. No yoga at all. Yeah, no tai chi, nothing. Just by breathing and moving your energy through internal movements, to breathing, through holding it, uh, observing it, I can assure you, <laughs> yeah? uh, So, this, uh, how do you call this? Equation, equation exactly. Uh, this equation is, is very helpful there, it's uh, from Shenzhen Yang, the meditation teacher Qinsin Yang. So, Suffering equals pain times resistance. This is very profound, very deep. So suffering, let's say, you suffer from physical discomfort. So the subject of suffering depends on how you relate to the pain. Pain is not optional. Pain is life. Pain is being in this body. Pain is not optional. We will experience pain on and off for the rest of this life. But what is optional is suffering because we turn pain into suffering through the way we relate to it, what we make with it, what we do with it. So more resistance yeah so let's say there's very little pain no just a little itch but huge resistance yeah then the suffering is very very big like just a little a little lower back pain and there's a lot of resistance a lot of blaming a lot of stories around it and It shouldn't happen, and it's my fault, and uh, and, and, uh, I'm doing something wrong. I don't deserve this, and and stuff like that. So the resistance. The the resistance to the kind of moderate lower back pain, as if this is a big deal, but we make it into a big deal. And then uh, this resistance um, creates a tension around it. And this tension, it, it, you can feel it in the muscles. So, and, and that uh, then needs to suffering. So what happens quite often is, sometimes there is a physical reason. Also, anything what is happening in your body is also psychosomatic. But uh, let's say there there's physical reasons for. For, the, for discomfort. Uh, so what sometimes happens is that the physical reason for the discomfort and back pain that sometimes happens is gone, but the pain stays because there is the contraction around it, which is then the suffering. Yeah? So if you have a big pain, but there's little resistance, the suffering will be lessened. So, less resistance, less suffering. And this is the truth, of the first noble truth less pain. So, this is again something you need to kind of experience <coughs> yourself. Make experiments. Yeah. So uh, now, in the third stage, when we are in the third stage, physical discomfort will be will come to the foreground, and part of this um, is actually part of part of the healing process of your body. Yeah. So your your body starts to heal itself. So discomfort. And the emotions which are stored in your body and the contractions and the harshness you have treated yourself and so on and so on. All that comes now because your mind becomes a bit quiet. So things which are, which you are not aware of, which it, things which are there but you're not aware of them, they start to emerge. Yeah? And, uh, and a lot of that which want to emerge, which is actually psychological stuff from the unconscious, starts to express itself through discomfort in the body. You, you might not know yet what, what is this connected with, what kind of childhood trauma or uh, some, the, the, the grief over loss of a person you have not yet fully expressed starts to emerge and your body, you, your ego structure wants to suppress it, wants not to see it. And this kind of inner tension with unconscious material which wants to come to the foreground, that creates some of the restlessness, some of the dis, some of the pain in the back, some of the uh, tension in the shoulders is actually uh, part of this healing process. So again, here, Difficult is good. Discomfort is good. When used in or used when <coughs> when related to in a in a good way, in a healing way. Okay. So any questions? Doubts, uh, rebellious thoughts. Yeah. Um, how was it? To meditate uh, with open eyes Mm -hmm. because I sometimes feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. in it. So when I see the room or uh, even if something happens, you know, birds or whatever, if someone comes in the room or something, I I feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. There is no fixed rule. So you you do what is uh, conducive. to this uh, this project of cultivating stable attention. Um, In the Mahayana tradition, the tendency is more sit with open eyes. Mm -hmm. In the Hinayana tradition, the tendency is Mm -hmm. more sit with closed eyes. Mm -hmm. For the practice of (coughs) later when we, I mean, uh, not as part of this course, but when we go into the meditation on the nature of mind or other tantric practices there it is actually good to sit with open eyes, that's the general so it could be uh, actually a good idea to experiment at least with open eyes. Yeah? Sometimes and this is very individual, Yeah. so with the open eyes we have also the adv- advantages uh, uh, that it energizes your mind. So. Dullness is not, is, is not so. It, it, I don't is, fall a, if You asleep. don't fall asleep, yes. <laughs> also, it's a bit easier if you sit with open eyes than to bring that kind of attentiveness into daily life, because you're already sitting with open eyes. On the other hand, if we um, investigate into the nature of anxiety, for example, then it might be more helpful to actually close your eyes because you, are, you want to get really into the fine sensations. So you can, uh, you can also shift uh, this throughout the session. You can start with open eyes and then close the eyes or other way around, or when you notice that you fall asleep, you open your eyes, so you can play with this. So now with open eyes, there's also different options. So one is to have the eyes just a little open, so some, some, some um, uh, light comes in. Then there's also the way, the way where you kind of, you focus on a point, just like when you keep your eyes just relaxed, then they are like three meters in front of you or something like that. So then you, then you do that. Or another option is to have the open, like to w- watch straight ahead, and to have an open, relaxed gaze without focusing particularly onto something. Yeah. In daily life, of course, sight can be a, 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 a part of our mindfulness practice as well. So it's it's an object, like the breath. So if you like, you're sitting on a park, park bench and you uh, you you have a child playing there. Okay then, okay. This is now my my object I want to engage with. So I stable my mind with uh, observing the child. The good thing is, in that case, you have also the addition of some kind of loving kindness, because probably there will be some heart feeling when you observe the child. So that's a kind of skillful way um, to. Um, to not only cultivate stable attention, but to have a bit of a loving-kindness flavor in it. So, yeah. Any other? one. The entering Mm. protocol, Mm. how long time should it take I ask this because now when we have this calling for attention each five minutes, I noticed maybe it's a little bit more longer than I thought, more than five minutes anyway. Is it too long? It's very different. So some people would spend almost the whole session with the anti-protocol because it's like, you know, the ti- the time for settling, you know, and and getting into the zone and devotion and intention and uh, just giving the space so it could be that if you sit half an hour that you have like 15-20 minutes of entry protocol and 10 minutes um, the meditation yeah Uh, so for the focus meditation um, there it is better to go for quality rather for quantity so I I know I said 45 minutes, yeah, and this still stands, yeah, (laughs) but but, um, that's more the kind of Theravada style. The Tibetan Tibetan style is more, they say, short sessions, Mm -hmm. so five minutes, yeah, Mm -hmm. but then three, four, five times throughout the day. So, what you could do in your, if you sit for 45 minutes, which is a good idea. One reason is there is this thing happening after 30 minutes or 25 minutes, uh, which you don't get to if you only, only sit 10 minutes. Yeah? But you could uh, divide the 45 minutes a bit 10 minutes anti protocol, then 10, 10 minutes breathing, then just open, you open your mind you open, you look out of the window like a little break and then back 10 minutes yeah? or 5 minutes so what you don't want to do is to sit there 45 minutes planning for your dinner or to sit there 45 minutes being tortured by a compulsive sticky story or to sit there 45 minutes spaced out That's, uh, that occasionally will happen, but if that becomes your meditation practice, I think then it's better to do something else in the forty-five minutes. So then you divide it, and you have have uh, some some things in your toolbox. Yeah. Like I mean, if you notice, wow, my mind, I, I I'm I'm going through this difficult. Like maybe you go through moving. Yeah? You, move, you move to a new apartment. It's very unsettling, very stressful. So then it might be good to do some yoga instead or um, do some loving kind. Try to have stuff in your toolbox. Yeah? Okay, what can I... Now my mind is a complete mess, my body is a complete mess. So what can I do? Tonglen, loving kindness, uh, meditating on my feet, doing a walking meditation, uh, listening to a guided meditation. Um, yeah, so have have uh, have different things there, which which you can you, which you can apply. Yes. How can you deal with? Uh Keeping up with meditation if you have a fever. I just this weekend I had quite a flu. Yeah, and it was really hard to, to mm. meditate. Yeah, and you know running nose and stuff like that. mm mm-hmm. It was a challenge, really. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, probably one wise, one possibility there is to really let go of the kind of trying to focus and you know mm-hmm. making shamatha but lying down and train yourself in acceptance, yeah. like just observe how do you handle this, and can you can you relax in it? Uh, can you hold it lovingly? And if you can't, well, what what is it? What you are doing? What's the problem? Why do you struggle with this? Yeah, so just. <coughs> uh, lay down and you you observe how your mind is handling your condition, and if you can soften that a bit. Uh. Yes. Two questions: Is is it okay? We, we're talking now about the posture. Is it okay to alter a little during these forty-five yeah. minutes? Yes. Uh, well, not all the time. No. It is, but Primary, mm-hmm. maybe and yes, sure. and yes, maybe little lying down, maybe little sitting up. It's okay. Yes, that's okay. And, and but but now here in the third stage, uh, you would do this. Uh, um, you would stay with the discomfort a little longer. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And then. You make the decision to move. So it's not a moving kind of almost like unconscious. Oh, there's some discomfort now I move. Yeah? But but you 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 are aware of the discomfort, you make a decision to move, and you do it mindfully and slowly. And then you change the position. And then you notice how the discomfort changes. And then five minutes later. You realize, oh shit, it didn't, that is, didn't really help. Now I have something else coming up, yeah. <laughs> so, and of course, that's a that's a good insight, yeah. To to be aware of it. Yeah. yeah. And also, y- we were talking about uh, entering protocol, but uh, when we did these sessions for 45 minutes. How, can you say something about ending the meditation then? Because we're talking about opening up like a flower. Yeah. And should we end like shutting the flower and give it to the world? Or can you say something about Yes, ending? there is, uh, yeah, in the end, I, I don't think I have said something about it. But in the end, there is the practice of dedication. Yeah. Yeah? I have to explain that uh, yeah. in other because Another it's time. kind of hanging a little loose. Uh, yeah, yeah, you need to, it's right. Uh, it has to be the entry protocol, the meditation, and then there has to be the dedication, sharing. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, uh, strengthening the intention you want to bring into your day. Uh, so that's like the closing. Yeah? Yeah. So you kind of slide in the, into the meditation, but you also slide out of the meditation. Yeah? So you're not like, okay, bing, boom. Yeah? No, not like this. Yeah? So you do a dedication prayer, you say, no, I dedicate this positive energy to the benefit of everything, or something like that. I will talk about this another time. And then you you just sit maybe for a few more minutes, just kind of slowly sliding out connecting with your environment, uh, and then you gently, without hurry, you move out of the meditation position. Maybe a little like waking up in the morning. Yes, exactly. Like, and, and, and there is also this, the transition is important because you don't want to have a meditation practice which is like cut off from the rest of your day. So the, the, there should be a bit of feeling of you're not entering the meditation. Oh. Uh, you are like the meditation is not something completely different and separate. So you kind of slide into the meditation. You don't really know when you start. Yeah, it it never really starts, and that's good because then it can't end because it never started. And then in the end, you 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 don't feel now I'm stopped to meditate and this is the rest of my life. Yeah, So you, you, need to ha- you need to get a feeling that you enter meditation and then you never leave it anymore for the rest of your life. It's just different stuff happening in, in the content of course but uh, you're always in meditation meaning you're always aware of what is happening.